0: You're cool. yeah, you're up, yeah, good,
1: okay. Um, oh. the last talk I did can't have been too bad because uh, Gordon's asked me to do another one, uh, <laughs> right? Okay, um, right, today I've got to do a talk on sacrificial servanthood discipleship. Whoa, yeah, um, w- louder, okay, right. I'll try and project my voice a bit more so you can all hear me. Yeah, if, if you can't hear me. That might be a good thing, but oh, you might want to let me know to speak, to speak louder, right. Okay, um, can you all hear me, everyone? Yeah, yeah? cool, right. Um, so, once again, Gordon gave me a talk to do, and the title is like, how on earth do I do that? But I prayed about it, discussed it with Teresa, who's a brilliant helpmate. Um, and I think God's given me, the hopefully, the right message to give you. So i just just kick off with a quick prayer. Yeah, Lord Jesus... I thank you. You are our example of sacrificial servanthood and discipling, Lord. Please help me do this talk. Please help us receive it well and what you're saying, Lord. Please speak through me, Lord. Please help me express correctly what you're saying and express it well to bless everyone and inspire them. Um, And please use what I say, Lord, to your glory in Jesus' name. Right, Okay. just as an opener... Philippians 2 verses 1 to 11 says, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being full of accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So we've got this amazing example of sacrificial servanthood discipleship in Jesus. Um, And here we have the Father working... Sending the Son on a mission to earth, and we got the Son emptying himself because he was truly and fully God. But God had asked him to lay his life down for us to not show the fullness of what God is in all his glory and power, but to show the fullness of what God is in servanthood and humility and becoming a baby and becoming one of us um, and laying down the greatest life that has ever lived for us and also the Holy Spirit is a work here it doesn't mention the Spirit working so in this verse we've got all three parts of God working together and that is the, the, like, the crux of what I t- want to try and communicate together today that we need to be working with the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit to sacrificially s- servantly disciple each other so like wow that is a really massive big call um, but hopefully I'll be able to unpack that a bit today Right, so Paul is exhorting us here today to have the same attitude as Jesus, who, um, however big or little we are, however powerful and rich we are, whether we've got a little church or a bigger church or some mighty church or whatever the situation is, to have the same attitude as Jesus. Um, Because one day we're going to bow to Jesus and confess to him Um, and give an account to him of the whole of our lives, how great he is. And by being sacrificially servant-minded and discipling each other, we can demonstrate to this world how great Jesus is. Thank you. Thank you, (laughs) sister. Right. Right. So we want to be working with the Father, the Son and the Spirit um, to encourage and help everyone else to be like Jesus and to... To lay lay our lives down for Jesus to glorify the Father. So, to help us get our heads around this, I've uh, distributed some Bible verses to the tables. Um, so, if you could just have a little look at your Bible verse and just for a minute or so, um, have a look at it. And what does this tell us about sacrificially being a servant and discipling? What does your have a little discussion on your tables? pray about it if you need to. Um, if you could briefly over a couple of minutes have a little look at it. Right.
2: Well right.
1: done. Okay, right. Okay, the first the verse, verse we've got is Luke fourteen, verse thirty three. So therefore any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Has anyone ever had to give anything up Oh sorry, that's the verse. Right. So my my question is, what does that tell us about sacrificial discipleship?
3: To be honest, the question the verse begs more questions than answers really, because what is everything? What is everything? What is it our money, our possessions? What do you think? Is it our well I would say it was more spiritual side of things
1: to give up the worldly way of life. Okay. Okay, is it come on, look at that? so Rob's asked the question what is everything Um, has anyone else got any ideas about what this means what is everything if God is saying to you everything (laughs) go on okay
2: spiritually emotionally physically just it's everything isn't it it's not just our practical possessions it's being wholehearted in what we're
1: so everything is everything yeah okay right okay (laughs) right okay that's interesting um let me give you an example from my life if you don't you can bear with me a minute um when I was preparing this I I mentioned this to Teresa and I I thought it was too embarrassing to share this but Teresa (laughs) thought that was too funny to not share so I thought (laughs) 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 right okay right Uh, all of you probably know I love railways. I think they're the best form of transport ever, right? And, oh, hey, hey, kindred spirits here. Um, So I've always been interested in railways. Um, I became a Christian when I was 19. A couple of years later, I backslid. And then when I was about 24, so this is 1994, I had to recommit my life back to Jesus. Got back on track. And thank got Got back on track. Thank you, Adam. (laughs) So... In that intervening five years when I was backslidden, um, to, to stop me thinking about God all the time, because I knew he was still there, even though I was running away from him, um, more and more and more I got involved in the railways. I, I was working in the railway, and the embarrassing confession is the hobby I had is called bashing, OK? this The idea of this, you've heard of people train spotting, where they... Um, You go around the whole country trying to see every train that's in the country. I'd done that. Okay, so by the time I was 20, there's there's this new hobby I'd come across as I was doing that with some other obsessive train nuts. and, And this bashing, the idea is to get pulled by every single diesel engine in the country. So... Who on earth made this mad hobby? It's like some people collect things. They might collect physical objects. I wanted to collect these engines that I've been pulled behind. And to do this, you've got to go to Scotland, Wales, and all over England. And you've got to be ready at the drop of a hat to disappear off up to Scotland to, to catch one engine that's pulling a certain train. I mean, how mental is that? But I had a whale of a time doing this. I travel around the whole of the country. There's hardly anywhere in the whole of Britain I've never been. Um, but when I get back back on track <laughs> with, my, with my story. Uh, so when I recommitted my life to Jesus, I knew I had to bring every single little bit of my life back in order under Jesus. So, Rob, when God says everything, he means everything. He, God, because he knows what we're like, he knows that everything in your life has got to come under the lordship of Jesus. i put that back. Um, so... I knew, I, I went, I got to the end of myself, I went to this little chapel in Wales where I was living at the time and I, I kneeled down in this chapel and recommitted my life to God and I knew he wanted every little bit of me. Here you are, I, I don't know if it's not very impressive but that's what he wanted And but it was about ordering in my life. He, I, I said to God, right, I've got to recommit all of my life back to you and i then did a couple of weeks later i did a little bit more of this bashing and i I didn't know whether god wanted me to do it or not it wasn't particularly unhealthy in itself i wasn't going and being a football hooligan yeah not to pick on you rob (laughs) i wasn't going i wasn't going and doing anything which had a bad effect on an else but i knew after trying a little bit more i didn't enjoy it anymore I knew that I knew that I knew God didn't want me to do it anymore because it wasn't his will for me and it probably wasn't healthy for me to keep on doing that. Okay. Also, I was then going to a church in Wales, in Bangor, in Wales, where I was at university. Um, so this is now on to the sacrificial side of being a Christian. And so some of the sacrifices you've got to make as a Christian... You've got to lay everything down before God and figure out with him what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing. What's good for you and what isn't good for you and what's good and bad for the people around you. There was a guy in my home group who used to host it every week called Henry. It was a lovely old guy and I found out he was a recovered alcoholic. So the deal was, in the whole of this church, no one ever drank any alcohol. Not because... Having a beer with your mates is a bad thing, but because we didn't want to cause this guy to lapse back into alcoholism again. And this helped create the right place for Henry to thrive as a Christian. It gave him the right atmosphere, the right ground for the... If he was a plant, the right soil for him to thrive in. So that's an example of being sacrificial. I'm not particularly into beer or wine or anything, so it wasn't a big sacrifice for me. But for some people that was. That was part of their... Their life. So that's what it means to be sacrificial with Jesus. Some things are a big part of your life, but he wants you to lay it down. Some things are a little part, but for the good of the people around you, he wants you to lay that down. Okay, right. So number two, we've got the Bible verse here. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me whoever finds his life will lose it and whoever loses his life for me my sake will find it so um just for the benefit of the recording i've given so i've forgotten your, is it kevin and yo-san. sorry yo-san. kevin and yosan i've given this to their three daughters <laughs> i deliberately gave this to them so just to see what interesting ideas they'd have and what does this what what do you think this means
2: so, like, um, yeah, whoever loves their mother and father more than me is not worthy of me. Like, you know, um, like I feel like I'm being called to Norway and, you know, that's going to be sacrificing, you know, my relationship with my parents and all of that. But, you know, I love God more than them. Okay. And, you know... Yeah, OK, so them.
1: you've got... You're putting yeah. Jesus first. Okay, yeah. the best yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes that means putting other things yeah. less than Jesus. Yeah, Hard, but, you yeah. know... yeah. OK, so... Kevin and Yosan, how does that make you feel?
2: Actually, it makes me really proud. Yeah, really proud. Because, you know, yeah, we gave birth to them and, you know, but they are a gift purely from God to us. And, you know, yeah, we want them to be the gift of other people like God gave a gift to us. And so knowing that their hearts is for God before us, it's really a blessing, actually. And, um, yeah.
1: Thanks. That's absolutely brilliant. Anything else you want to say? Oh, hold on, hold on. (laughs) There's...
3: I was just saying, just that comment just made me cry. Oh, right, beautiful, thanks. Uh, okay, so... Sort of, oh,
1: um, yeah, did we have something yeah, else yeah. to say?
2: like, and whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Um, so what does that mean? I think, mean? to me, that means as in, you know, I, I know I've sinned, I know I'm a sinner and I'm going to, like, as a human, you just continue sinning, but knowing that you've sinned and you're... Um, Know that God loves you more, and you're willing to lay all of that down and say, "I've sinned, but I love you, and you love me, and that's all that matters." Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay, so and it's so all important for Jesus first. Yeah. yeah. Okay, brilliant. Okay, thank you very much. Right, well, let's make sure this is still recording. Huh? So I just make sure ya yeah, yeah it's working fine Yeah, just making sure ok so thank you very much um, so the third verses I've got is John 15 verses 12 to 13 this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you greater love has no one than this that someone lay down his life for his friends ok who's got that? ok so Steve and Gordon and Jenny ok um,
3: yeah there's another things that came out of this first of all Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life. Just recognising that your life is the most valuable thing you possess in any way. And therefore to lay it down, that's the greatest thing you can do. But it's the fact that, I mean, Gordon pointed out that the whole big um, kind of mantra these days is about you do you, live for yourself. I've got to be true to myself. It's all about me and what other people have to sacrifice so that I can be all I'm supposed to be. And yet Jesus is saying the complete opposite. It's not about you in the slightest <laughs> it's about others and then him above that as well um but then also just the final thing we landed on was that at the beginning he says this is my commandment that you love one another as i have loved you he's willing to get the ball rolling he's like as gordon said he's on the cross game right over to you i've done it it's about picking up our own cross but jesus is willing to be the first one to, to you know, put, put his money where his mouth is so to speak and mm. he's willing to do everything he expects of us and more it's brilliant So sacrifice, obviously about laying down the greatest thing you you currently possess, also the fact that Jesus has done that and more as well.
1: Okay, thanks. Anyone else? Any more? Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Steve. Right, so one thing that has been so... one of the best things I've ever seen has been this last year, being involved with Hope Church, and seeing people laying down their lives for other people. For example, the Watsons moved down to Sittingbourne, and they didn't know any of us then. They just knew God wanted them to do this and start a new church, and it's going to be a wonderful thing, and, and it's so encouraging. It's not, I stand here before a church and you've really got to up your game, you're not doing what you should be. You are. It's so encouraging to see that happen. Um, also, I remember once someone once saying in a sermon, you get Christianity, you get Jesus it's more like catching a disease than being taught something you get in school so to catch a disease you want to be with people who are thoroughly infected with that disease and you'll soon pick it up um, so that's what we want to do and it's really encouraging to see what's been happening recently, like with, with Millie going into hospital and then dying, the, the people have been so passionately praying about that and praying, praying for a family, that's been really tough it's been quite a emotional journey going through that and I only met her a couple of times, so I can't believe to imagine what her family's going through. But it has been so wonderful seeing how people have really caught love for her and for Tunji and her family and have really engaged in that. Thanks. Right, so the next verse I've got is Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. And you'll have heard this one before on discipleship. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So who's got that one? Who's got number four? Number four, okay, okay.
4: I've been nominated. Okay, Um, go for it, Chris. Yeah, well, this is the Great Commission, of course. Um, but it's a command sandwich. That's not what we... That's just what I think. <laughs> it's a sandwich in as much as... Um, it starts with... All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And the end... And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So although it's a command, we're not on our own. Um, Christ... Well, the the whole trinity are with us... Um, has authority and imparts that to us as we go about this commission. Um, But even so, it's still a sacrificial thing for us to do because it shows that we can't just go about our daily lives not doing anything about it. We have to make space in our lives for it. Therefore, it's sacrificial in as much as, you know, we may have a hobby... Um, and we may have to <laughs> give up that hobby <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in order to right. make space for it. Um, and also, when we when we go to make disciples, we're not necessarily going to be greeted with them. Um, oh, how wonderful! We, you know, we're going to come about come up against opposition, um, criticism, rejection, and we just have to fall back on the fact that. The whole Trinity are with us, and um, and run to the Lord for comfort and encouragement when when that happens.
1: Yeah. Okay. Is that thanks. It? Yep. Yep. thanks, Chris. That's very good. Anyone else got anything to add to that? No? No? Oops. Um. Okay. Thanks, Chris. That was very good. Um, the thing that I got out of that, um, apparently. If you're a Greek scholar and you look at the New Testament, um, which was originally written in Greek, when people came to Jesus for what we consider to be healing, the word they use in Greek for Jesus healed them is Jesus made them whole. Um, So an important part of a church, as we sacrificially serve each other and disciple each other, that's creating a place where people can be made whole. This cranky world we live in, it destroys people, it harms people, it damages them and makes them less of a human being than they could be. But, and and it's so encouraging to see this happening at Hope Church, we're starting to make this place where people can meet with Jesus and when they meet with Jesus, they're going to be made whole. Um, So Jesus is always with us to the end of the age. His authority is with us to do what he did. When he met people, he said, what do you want? And they said, "I want to be made whole. I want to be healed, whatever it was." And that's what he did. So, okay. uh, So the next verse we have is number five, Matthew four nineteen to twenty. Jesus called out to them, "Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people." And they left their nets at once and followed him. So, who's got that verse? Me. Okay, so we've got Jonathan, Kai and Lewis. So Jonathan has been nominated with... um, What have you got to say about that, Jonathan? So, yeah, um, the sacrifice is coming to follow Jesus, which is a big sacrifice in itself. Okay. Um, And it says, I will show you how to fish for people. So God's saying that he'll use our talents um, to build his kingdom for the better. And our sacrificing is um, for the betterment of his kingdom. Okay, brilliant, thanks. Thanks, John. Anything else? No. Okay, thanks John. That was really good. Um, I was in a DIY shop the other day. And I got a chance to go in the DIY shop. And I said about I was buying something to put a chain on the door for my father, who's very elderly, and I don't know how many years left he's got on this earth. He's, he's, he's getting very frail. And this guy said, oh, that was like my father. I put a chain on his door. He died last year. And I didn't know what to say. And I I just said about, oh, you've got to look after yourself. And what a tremendous opportunity to tell someone about Jesus. So the point I'm making is Jesus said he'll make us fishers of men. So I find it really difficult to be fishers of men. I get these opportunities and I never know what to say. I keep on fluffing them. So I hope that's an encouragement to you that I'm not the preacher guy, the super evangelist, whoever always knows what to say. Um, so my encouragement to you is think of some Christians you know who are good at fishing for men who are good at telling people about Jesus and try and learn from them okay? they, they can disciple you you can be discipled by them by just being with them I had a great friend once who now is unfortunately is dead who when he became a Christian before he was a Christian he hated um, evangelists he used to loathe them but when he became a Christian he turned into evangelist and I, I did learn an awful lot from him. Unfortunately, he's now dead and he's not around. Um, but try and find out the people who you know are good at fishing for Jesus, and spend time with them. I need to do that because I need to learn that, and that's that's like a skill, but also a way of life and an attitude and a way of thinking. Um, also, one thing we are doing with this Hope Church, we've got such a wonderful community here, and fishing, Old Testament style, wasn't one guy with one rod fishing. Fishing was a whole village community event. What they, they'd do, several people like James and John would go out on the boat and fish with the nets. And then they'd bring the nets in and the whole village would get into the water Sorry, um, and they would help get the fish out of the nets. The children would be there as well. Um, they'd be sif- sorting out the good fish from the bad fish, sorting them out, uh, the different f- all the different sorts of fish... And they'd be gutting them and preserving them and salting them and all the things that it takes to do fishing in an Old Testament village community. So don't get discouraged like me when you fluff all these good opportunities you have for vandalising and you think, oh, I could have really told that guy about Jesus. Because sometimes it's not appropriate to say it. And we're not all brilliant at it we can get better at it but when are they going to be super evangelists unless god has given you that that gifting but as a community as a church community as we sacrificially serve each other and disciple each other the whole community of the church will i think will get really good at evangelization so the next verse we got is john 12:24 to 26 which is truly truly i say to you jesus said this unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies it remains alone but if it dies it bears much fruit whoever loves his life will lose it and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life if anyone serves me he must follow me and where I am there my servant will be also if anyone serves me the father will honour him so who's got that verse Okay, Adam, Lizzie and Esther (laughs) Okay, right Okay, so Adam has been nominated as spokesperson. Well, what did that say to you, Adam? Um,
3: Lizzie, I'll, I'll give Lizzie her due. Right. She came up with, quite simply, if there's no sacrifice,
1: there's no fruit. So, oh, okay. That's, which, very, that's very precise and concise. Yeah. Right? Any more, more to unpackage that? <laughs> What's that, sorry? Have, have you got anything more to unpackage that? Um, that right? I think it's just having that obedience, isn't it, to,
3: to lose your life, like I think Steve mentioned earlier. Um... It's a very countercultural thing to do, losing your life, losing the fact of, you know, your future, your aspirations, that kind of stuff.
1: It's, it's yeah, sacrificing them all to, to him. Okay, brilliant. Because this example that Jesus used is about one grain of wheat. The, the thing that stuck out for me was the first verse. It says, "Unless a grain of grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone." I'd never ever noticed that before. It's very rare, that I'm 50 and I've been a Christian 33 years, it's very rare I pick up the Bible and see something new, but I've never noticed that before. That grain of wheat, unless it falls into the ground and dies, is going to remain lonely, it's going to remain alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. So that is uh, not that God is a, is a mathematical formula, you put this and this in, you'll get that, and he's not a slot machine where you put the, your money in the slot and you get something out. Um, but if you do things God's ways, if you obey the spiritual principles He's put in the Bible, you will produce a certain result. And if we sacrificially serve each other, we will bear fruit. And that's what I want this church to do. It's already starting to bear fruit. Um, the fruit of seeing people saved. We've got Arnold here, um, who got saved a few months ago and baptized, which is wonderful. And we're bearing fruit. In I'm seeing people thrive and grow and enjoy this Christian community. Um, So let me give you another example. I I once read John Wimber's biography. John Wimber was a really top musician. He was in the Righteous Brothers. If you Google it, you'll see some amazing songs they did. But I read his biography and he and his wife became a Christian and they had a folder with all of the music that John had written. He'd written these amazing songs and he knew that God wanted to sacrifice, lay down all of this music talent that God had given John Wimber. So he and his wife, they got this folder of music and I can't remember the exact details but I think they either burnt it or they somehow dedicated this to God. Put it in the bin, whatever they did. But Look at John Wimber's life. Well, you can now look back at his life. From that point, he, did, he started churches, which are now known as vineyard churches. They're all over the world. There's just some of the best churches in the world. And they are genuinely doing what Jesus said to be a good New Testament community. Um, so, as a Christian, you want to start well. But you've got to start, like I did, not that like I'm Mr Perfect, but... When I became a Christian, I knew I had to commit every single bit of my life to Jesus. You've got to start well, you've got to live well, but I keep on doing this, keep on coming back to Jesus, keep on laying your life down, and then you've got to end well. John Wimber died of cancer, which must have been really tough, because he was a great healer. God gave him this amazing healing gift, and he, I'm sure he saw people healed of cancer, but he died of it himself. What's going on? What's going on? But he started well, he lived well and he died well, and he's now gone to be with Jesus. Obviously, his time was up, and that must have been tough, but he kept with Jesus. Okay, so number seven is Acts 2, verse 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had in need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily that those who were being saved. Okay, so who's got that? Okay, Kevin and his table. Um, So what does that say to you? A
0: lot of it's already been covered, so it's the being together as one body and on uh, that, um, but what really stood out to me is, it's, uh, further down, halfway down, they sold property and possessions oh, to give to anyone who had need. but he doesn't say they sold everything. Okay. Because further down, he says they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So what they did retain was still used. Okay. For second, f- continue, continued second. use, that they used mm-hmm. their, what possessions they had mm-hmm. for God.
1: Right. Thanks, I'd never seen that before. Thanks. <laughs> Another new thing in the Bible.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, but okay. as, a, as a, yeah, staying together as a body, and the, 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 yeah, there's the sacrificial bit. Sort of, we sort of come to the conclusion they got rid of things they didn't need. All okay. surplus right, stuff okay. that you didn't need, or as a distraction, or anything else like that. They kept the essentials and used them for God's work. Hmm.
1: Thanks, that's absolutely brilliant. Anything else to add to that? that, that... Thanks, Kevin. That was, that was a good sermon in itself, I think. Thanks. <laughs> right. Come um, on. da da, da, da. Just... Oops. Yeah. Um, so that's really good about... Sometimes a sacrifice is totally giving something and dedicating it to Jesus. Sometimes you keep it and use it well. Um, one of the best things i've ever had in being discipled by another person was a guy called dave webster from what's now eastgate church he, he led the church in graze emily used to go to and i was at a christian conference with him and i i'd never seen too much of dave webster i would seen him on sundays home group and i spent a bit of time with him but i never spent like three or four days solid with him and i was at this christian conference i was sharing a bnB room and I woke up in the morning and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm at a Christian conference, this is so cool, gets me coffee. But Dave was so grumpy and I'd put Dave on this pedestal as like super Christian. And he was willing, the point I'm making, he was willing to share his B&B room with me and me see him at his worst. Me see super Dave, he was a terrific Christian, he is one of the best Christians I've ever come across, being Mr Grumpy and at his worst until he'd had a cup of coffee and woken up. And that was so encouraging that he was willing to share his life with me and show a little bit of his life, which ain't perfect, but showed me he was just as human as me. And what he had achieved and what he had attained and what he had given and done as a Christian, I could aspire to do something as good as that. Okay, so one thing I've I've noticed over the years, there's been so many times where it's either Sunday morning and I've had a really bad morning, or it's Wednesday evening and it's time to go to the home group and I'm tired. I've had a ru- rubbish day at work or something's gone wrong and I don't want to go. But I've known, learned by experience that I've got to go because not that I, that meeting is all about me, but I know I can give something just by being there, just by being present and doing what I can do and bringing what I can bring, I can make a contribution. So I've gone. And I've always come back home. I haven't necessarily had an amazing experience with God or anything, but I've always come back home and I know God has met with me somehow, sometimes sometimes very subtly, sometimes with his presence. But I know that I've come back blessed by going to that thing. Or it might not just be... It's not just about church meetings. It's about living your life for Jesus, isn't it? Sometimes you've got to lay down the life... Oh, Teresa's pointing at her watch. Getting a soul hint. So you've got to lay down your life and... All the time you do that, God will honour it and bless it and do something good with it. Okay, right, last reading we've got is Luke 22, verses 24 to 27. A dispute also arose among them as to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest. And he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors, but not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest and the leader as one who serves. For who is the greater, one who reclines at table or one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at table? But I am among you as one who serves. Now, who's got this first? Oh, so... OK, this uh, Mrs. Kevin's table again. Who would like to make a comment on that? Riley I oh, OK, <laughs> N- Natalie's going to say something about this. Thank you, Natalie.
4: I, I think it shows, really. It's like the upside-down view of the world, which we've already talked about. It's like your boss going and cleaning the toilets, really. It's like Jesus came as the one who's Lord and creator, as we've already spoken. and um, But he comes and he does the dirty jobs that no one else wants to. And that as okay. his disciples, we've got to be prepared to get our hands dirty and meet with the people that no one else really wants to. But that's what Jesus does.
1: Brilliant. Okay. Thanks.
2: Anything else? Anything else? Yeah, I mean... One of the things that made me think is like, oh yeah, when we feel we're doing good and we're you know, we've got a bit of extra cash and we're able to go out for a meal or we got you know or we're just feeling in a position like they're the one who can recline at the table and you know go on kids take it all out. It's like uh, best keep myself in check, <laughs> give oh, away a bit more yeah. cash, clear the table, <laughs> wipe the floors. You know, yeah. really we need to be um, recognising when we need to be serving, not just okay. laying back That's in yeah. right. pleasure. Okay.
1: Yeah. okay, thank you very much. Very, very good points there. Okay. right okay that's, um, been around all the tables um, so I just want to make a quick summary the example of a sacrifice that we've got is Jesus dying on the cross he did the dirty work for us as, as you said he humbled himself he died on the cross naked oh. he died on the cross in humility he'd been beaten up almost to death the crown of thorns on his head you know what happened on the cross he, God himself came and died for us in such humility to show us what living a real good life is about, to bring heaven down so that we could then go up to heaven when we die he totally dealt with our sin once for all, he totally dealt with death so all we can do in response to that is lay down our lives in response to that he's shown us how to do it Um, And it's like God mixes up his sacrifice with our sacrifice and makes something even better out of it. Um, And it's been so encouraging this last year to see what God has been doing here at Hope Church. Um, And keep on laying down your life for Jesus. He'll make something amazing of your life. He'll make something amazing of this church. And the glory will go to God. Thank you very much. Amen. Thank 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 you,